HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. Since 2009, HRN podcasts have been exploring the wide world of food, beverage, and agriculture. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. I'm Allison Kane, and welcome to In the Sauce, a podcast about building consumer brands from the ground up. I love doing this show because I get to interview everyone from production gurus to marketing and social media mavens, anyone who can guide me on this crazy journey. This is the story of building Haven's Kitchen Sauces, but it's also the story of every growing brand because we're all in the sauce. Today, Courtney and I are speaking with Chris Tiffin, a.k.a. Tiffin, peace sign, the founder and CEO of Isle. For those of you who haven't heard about Isle, it's a groovy cashback rewards platform that works entirely through text. I want to get right into the conversation and wanted Courtney to be here for it so that we can really dig deep and get into brass tacks. So we're going to get right into it and welcome Tiffin. Nice. Thank you so much for having me. Happy Monday, everybody. At the time of the recording, it's Monday. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Exactly. Welcome, Tiffin. Welcome. T-Money. <laughs> all caps. All caps, um, all the time. All caps, all the time. Um, okay, so we have a lot to discuss because, as you know, there are lots of founders and marketing people who are running and operating emerging brands whether they've been in retail or they've been pretty much digitally native and they're trying to figure out retail, you are building a better coupon and building a bridge between sort of the digital world and the in-store shopping experience. So we need to break that down, help people understand what it is that the problem is, what your solution is. And I really wanted Courtney here because since she is doing the marketing for Haven's Kitchen, she had the questions and, and she kind of wrestled around with you a bit um, in a way. So backing up, you started your career at Super Coffee. There's this whole folklore around you where you slept on the founder's couch and you started as an intern and then you grew the company to a gazillion dollars. What, what did you pick up? there like why that to this like what was what was the learning there 
and and why IELTS? Yeah, yeah, great question. Um, so it, it all started right. Yeah, as uh, you saved so you saved me the spiel. So I appreciate you, right? Growing up on the brother's couch, all that whole thing. But the, the big learning, right, is even when you were scaling up DTC super quickly, right, from pretty pretty quickly in a year, it was still a super small chunk of the business, right? Maybe eight to ten percent of the total business which was crazy because I was over here, you know, sitting on my keyboard, clanking on my keys in the, in the retail sales meetings. And they'd be like, nice. We just got a PO from Kroger or from Walmart or X, Y, Z. And it was millions of dollars, right? Like it was legitimately millions of dollars coming in the door, you know, over here, just clanking my keyboard. I was like, wait a minute. We have no idea who that in-store shopper is right down to the level of DTC, right? We know first name, last name, email, when are they going to purchase all of that? Uh, we had no idea who that in-store shopper was, what else were they buying, right? Super important for placement on shelf, all of that. But lastly, like how do we engage with them, mm-hmm. right? Like I think that that's kind of the, the tipping point when I was like, holy smokes, this is much bigger than I actually ever anticipated. Um, yeah, I would say that's the learning is DTC is great. It's a nice add-on, but retail drives the business. Right. And I think a lot of people, you know, we, we, I mean, people who listen to this have heard me say it, we didn't have the luxury of making the mistake to think that we could be a D2C <laughs> business. Like we just were pretty much like, nope, smacked in the face with that idea. Like it's just too expensive when you're a refrigerated brand. And realistically, you know, I like to sort of talk about even if, you know, e-com grocery scale you know, scales to 22, 23% of total grocery sales. That includes Instacart, walmart.com, Amazon, like that's not direct to consumer. And so even for those companies, I think, and I don't know, I mean, do you have any idea before we get into aisle for a second, when did, when did that reality hit everyone? Cause for a minute there, Everyone's like, oh, it's the future of grocery. The retail store is dead. Yeah, yeah. It's honestly, I feel like to your, I feel like this, the, it's like the news cycle, right? It's like the minute something becomes popular two days later, it's like, actually, no, we're going back to this, right? And I'm, I'm going to avoid that conversation entirely by saying, <laughs> I, I think there was this moment in time where everyone was locked down. Is this the new normal? Okay, now I'm only going to order my... I'm now only going to order from Instacart because I don't want to have to go outside and get sick because who knows, right? And just as quickly as we snapped into that reality, I think we quickly snapped back, right? Where it's like, oh my God, iOS 14.7.2B <laughs> has now made DTC marketing incredibly challenging as if it already wasn't to begin with, right? right? So it was like the camel that broke the straw's back or vice versa, you get what I'm saying. Yes. Where... Yeah. As soon as we went there, it's like, wait, I love going to the grocery store. I want to see other people. I hate my apartment. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, and it's experiential and da, 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 da. Right. But even, I mean, to your, like, stuff I was reading is like, you're not, you're not even saying that, that retails of replacement in a lot of ways, you're saying you can use these coupons to actually connect the two. Um, because a lot of brands are going to be omnichannel, especially if they're lightweight and they yep. have a long shelf life and they can yep. ship however. Um, so, Court, the problem. The problem is who are these people buying our sauces at 
these stores because we don't get any insight about them. Why are they buying us? And if we don't own that customer directly, we don't really have any way of asking them, although we've found other ways with social nature, et cetera. Mm -hmm. That's why we've always been so hardcore about email. And I think one piece I really do also want to get to, Tiffin, with you is like, what do we need to do to get them to repeat? Because with direct, there's all sorts of ways to not only incentivize, but track, repeat. Um, But that massive distribution, I mean, the massive sort of difference between the digital first companies and the wholesale focused brands are this lack of information about our consumer and also probably attributing marketing spend to figuring out how to get them and how to get them to repeat. Is that a fair way to sum it up? I would say, yeah, you nailed it, right? And just anchoring in on those two things. And I'll turn it over to Court because actually... Actually, Court, I'm going to turn that question over to you because this is a great learning moment for me. So I'm going to turn that over to you. Um, I actually, I almost want to back up a second. Um, As you often do. I, I do. <laughs> I do that a lot. Um, but something that I think is really important to hone in on what you said that I, I wrote it down, um, it's like the news cycle, right? And it's something that it reminds me of when I would, I, I talk about this all the time for those of you who have heard me on the podcast before with Ali. Um, I talk about my experience when I worked with my father, something that he has told me my entire adult working life is everything is cyclical. In his business, they went through, they suffered through 9-11, Katrina. There there was a lot of things that have impacted the New York City business. Um, And he would always say, even whatever it is, a recession, anything, it is cyclical. And... I think one thing that we need to keep in mind as we see the market fluctuate depending on whatever's happening in the world is that, yes, a certain amount of these consumers, right, that got really excited about e-com shopping, they're going to stick to it, but it is cyclical. There, there's going to be a, a drop off of those people who, who want to go back into the store. And then you have or like the high right? or do both. Exactly. Yeah. You know, like uh, Ali, you've heard me, you know, I'm, I am now obsessed with Costco, but I don't stop getting, yes, Tiffin, I just got a Costco membership. I sent really Ali a fun. picture it's really... over the weekend with me and my Costco membership card. <laughs> Watching like her journey is, is remarkable. The videos that she good. makes of herself are, are joyful. I'm, I am an avid Costco lover now, but my point is, is that I still buy my meat and my seafood at freshdirect.com or at Whole Foods because I trust these retailers. But if I'm going to stock up, I go there. And I, that wasn't that that wasn't who I was prior to the pandemic. Um, so you know, I think something. I think you said it beautifully. It is cyclical. And um, anytime anybody says like, "Oh, this particular thing is the future," I'm always hesitant, and I'm always like, "Yes, but how do we also?" But what else? You know, it's just making sure that we're always covering our bases. Um, And then now back to um, Ali, your question was like, who is the consumer? Yeah. Uh, Why do they buy? I think that is like the never ending question. And I I say this all the time. Anybody who anybody who says, like, I know the answers to this or I know the formula, this is how to make it work. They're selling you something. And because it's it's we we're always figuring out. And like you said, we use, we use what we have at our, at our disposal. And I think as a startup, 
we have to be really smart with what we're investing in um, and who we're partnering with. And I think that was, uh, and maybe I, I think you, you, you'll, we'll talk about this later, but that's one of the things that really called out to me when I spoke with Tiffin for the first time over a year ago. I think at this, it was a long time. You had, I think you were still in beta when you and I talked. He's been in beta a few times. I'm permanently in beta. He's basically, yeah, functionally permanently in beta. But that's great. That's it an is. indicator. Yeah, that's good. So we're an we, by the way. So we're we, yeah. Exactly. But I mean, I remember when we spoke way back when, that was, that was something that like really caught my attention was, okay, I'm not just couponing, but I, I can also, and I also find this out, and I'm also learning this about my consumer. And one of the things that I really loved about Tiffin when we had our conversation way back when was that Tiffin, you knew and you understood where I was coming from as an emerging brand. You knew I had limited resources. You knew what I needed to see, what I wanted to see, and you knew how hard it was for me to get that data. And so I think, I think for me, that was a huge selling point and really drove it home for me. So before we get to the solution, what did you want to see? I wanted, I wanted to see what was in people's carts along with my sauce, with a pro my product. And I wanted to, I wanted it to be a low, like a digital coupon that was uh, low probability of fraud because no clear, no reputable clearinghouse is going to do a, a digital coupon. They don't want to deal with it. The company that we work with, they're like, no, I don't even want to talk about it. And, um, but they're fantastic at physical coupons, IRCs, and I love them. They're easy to work with, but it today's it goes consumer back. isn't necessarily a, an yeah, IRC. Yeah, they are person, online, right. but they're also looking for it in store. So I needed both options, um, and Tiffin offered me. He told me what I wanted and what I needed to hear. Okay, so Tiffin, we've identified the problem: wholesale sales. It's very hard for brands to know who the shopper is why they're buying the sauce. Mm -hmm. Sampling can be hard. Couponing is a pain in the ass. Mm -hmm. Getting them to rebuy um, is almost impossible because you don't know which marketing levers work for the in-store shopper. Mm -hmm. And you came up with the solution. So tell ah. us about the solution. Uh, yeah. Sheesh. Um, so walking it through really quick, just, just, for the, just for the listeners at home. Now, if you will close your eyes. Now, imagine yourself, you're in the grocery store. And for those watching, I was actually closing my eyes. You're going to do your regular grocery shopping, pick up Haven's Kitchen, conveniently paired with your X amount of bonds of pasta or whatever you want to do, no, no ad placement there. You'll do your regular grocery shopping, right? You'll take a picture of your receipt, send it to the Haven's Kitchen phone number, and then you'll get instantly Venmo, right? That is the core, that is the core product, right? Now, of course, life gets in the way. You get busy. So we have reminders and all these things built in. but Taking a step back, guys, right? We talked about the problem is we have no idea who their in-store shopper was or anything like that. And the solution just stems from a place of let's build something that is actually incredibly easy to use, mm -hmm. right? Because, and I, I have a hard time with using these types of words, but it's to download a cashback app and there's a multitude of them, right? You have to verify your mother's maiden name and what street you grew up on and all this stuff. Um, but there's nothing simpler than a text message, right? Mm -hmm. Like I pick up my phone 342 times every single day, 
right? And Did I don't you have any... that, or is that an no, estimation? I, I actually looked it up prior, so I could have it. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just dropping up, facts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I pick it up 342 times. I do not check a single app during that time. It's all either email or text messaging, right? So yeah, getting to the solution, and we talk about how do we reengage with that shopper. I mean, it's so it's so intuitive, right? Where I convert on a Haven's Kitchen offer. And then it's like seven days later when I'm about to go to the grocery store, it's, hey, you got, you, we, you only tried chimichurri. We actually have a whole bunch of other flavors that you think you might love. Here's a BOGO, right? right. Or, hey, if you convert on this new SKU, take a picture of your seat and we'll send you a free tote bag or whatever. Right, right? got it. Um, so, yeah. and so that's, I mean, basically, so for everyone, just so we can, you know, take Tiffin's movie of our grocery store life. Basically, there is no, you take a picture of your receipt, you text it to the number, and you get Venmoed or PayPal'd, and there'll be other ways to get money back. It is a rebate program that does not require you to download an app or join a club or be a part of anything. It's direct, it's fast, and from the brand's perspective, we can customize what our messaging looks like and sounds like so it doesn't feel like it's aisle as much as it feels like it's Haven's Kitchen. And so the tone of the language, the imagery, the what we're offering, all of that is, um, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Customizable by the yep. brand. Yeah, and, and that's, that's the goal, right? We... We don't want anyone to know that we exist. And the only time someone knows some, we exist if something goes wrong, right? Yeah. That, is, that is truly the only time. So it's like Lil Wayne, right? Lil, real G's moving silence like lasagna, right? It's the same thing. Where, where, and like for, for what it's worth, right? We've come on the scene in the last couple of months, which is great, but it's just a, a testament to our brand programs are successful. Right, because people be like, "Oh, Haven's Kitchen just posted about you guys. They love you," and I'm like, "They don't love it. It's like they don't love us, sure, whatever." Like, it just means our work. It's working. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, let's take a quick break, and then when we get back, we're going to talk about like how we specifically are using it because I think it might be a little different from maybe what you originally thought. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Roberta's was founded in Bushwick in 2008 and has become one of the most iconic restaurants in the country. HRN made its home inside of Roberta's in 2009, and together they have become part of the DIY fabric of the neighborhood. Roberta's, the pizza restaurant, is open for lunch and dinner seven days a week and serves much more than just the famous wood-fired pizzas. Their team dreams up new salads, pastas, and sandwiches on the regular. Roberta's Tiki Bar is alive and well in the back garden, serving up frozen drinks in the summer and hot toddies in the winter. Stop by the bakery and takeout spot next door for fresh breads, sticky buns, and pizzas to go. And of course, there's the two Michelin-starred Blanca tucked away in the garden for truly daring diners. But Roberta's also extends beyond Bushwick, with multiple locations in New York City and now in Los Angeles. You can also find their frozen pies in grocery stores around the country. The spirit of Roberta's, like Heritage Radio Network, is everywhere. Here's to many more years of pizza-powered radio. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. 
I'm back with Courtney and with Tiffin from Isle. Okay, so before the break, we were talking about the challenges that wholesale brands have with our consumers. Um, you know, the Isle solution, which is basically a rebate program through a texting platform um, that that brings, I think, some of those coupons and rebate concepts into the 21st century um, and to the new consumer who is using digital tools and in-store discovery almost at the same time together, like synergistically, basically. So Court, um, for us, right, we, I think our first test is at shelf. Yeah? Yes. So tell us about that. Yeah. So um, earlier this year, just to give context, earlier this year, Allie, you had asked me to take on a little bit more of the shopper marketing side of the business. And Tiffin, I'll be totally honest with you, I wasn't super enthusiastic about it. It's not my favorite type of marketing, but it's super important and necessary to the business and it drives velocity, it drives dollars. So I was like, hell yeah, I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be the best at it. <laughs> and um, we, we knew, and we've spoken about this before on other episodes, Ali, we knew that content is our superpower. We, knew, we know that we have so much to offer via videos and, and recipes. Um, our beautiful website uh, about our packaging. There's so much education around our product and around home cooking. And, but we're not a tech company. You know, right. we're not, we don't know how to build out these tech stacks to like, you know, run a digital marketing campaign and we can't spend all of this money. So I needed to figure out how to meet people at the shelf. And you and I had talked right about a year prior and, um, when we were ready to pull the trigger, you weren't ready. And you were like, Courtney, the second, the second I'm ready, I'm going to email you. And a few months later, I got the email all caps. And you were like, we are ready to go, Courtney. And I was like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we, I was looking at um, how to get a secondary placement. And, you know, for those of us who are in the gross, who are grocery geeks, we know that secondary placements for a product that is, is new like ours to the market that requires a little bit of explanation. That's a refrigerated condiment. I can tell you all of the reasons why, like I can go on and on. It's hard. It's hard to get secondary placement. It's hard to get primary placement. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Let alone secondary and tertiary. And I quickly realized that I need, we needed to do this on our own. We needed to figure out how to get secondary placement. And so we, with the help of our field merchandisers and um, like a, a, these acrylic shelves that I found on like webstaurant.com. Um, if you want to sponsor the podcast, please reach out to <laughs> info at haveniskitchen.com. Um, but at webstaurant.com and um, the field marketer, I basically like gave them a task and I was like, get me these acrylic shelves in as, as many stores as possible in the meat section, in the seafood section, in the produce section. And on every single one of those acrylic shelves, I had Bridget, our graphic designer, uh, put uh, mock up these beautiful stickers um, with the QR code, how to redeem a little bit about our, you know, a lot of our branding everywhere, a little bit of explanation. And her and I literally sat down here one day and we slapped these stickers on acrylic shelves, sent them out, and they have been hitting the shelves out into the real world 
um, over the last couple of months. So for a uh, couple of weeks. So for me, like that was, I needed, I, I knew I could get the secondary placement, but then what, how do we, how do we motivate people to purchase a product that they maybe, you know, people who are buying seafood and meat right now, like today, they may not be going down the condiment aisle. They may not be shopping for, you know, a, a product in our set. So how do we get those people? But also how do we, how do we get people to like make the connection? Like, oh, I'm buying this would my- would be good on salmon. Right? Yeah, I'm buying steak or I'm buying salmon. And oh, this sauce, I can, I can throw this chimichurri on a steak or I can throw this gingery miso on some salmon and bingo, bango, bongo, dinner's done. And so the QR code, just so everyone understands, the QR code takes you to where? I'm going to pass it off to Tiffin because he knows what, where that QR code goes to. Yes, yes, that QR code, right? And I think in that particular flow, because I know you guys have a few different ones, that QR code goes to a landing page, right? Where then instructs a brand or instructs the user rather, in which then they put in their phone number, then that triggers that welcome to Haven Haven's Kitchen in-store redemption program, right? Purchase, and you guys have that good copy, but for condensing it, it's welcome to Haven's Kitchen in-store redemption program, purchase any of our flavors at any local retailer and we'll bet you for it, right? Um, simple, simple as that. Simple as that at the shelf. And so, I mean, the goal is obviously that you, you, you're basically giving away a sauce you're giving a full sauce sample for us. That is a lot less expensive than shipping, right? It's, but you're giving away a sauce and you're also getting the velocity ping for yep. that giveaway, which yep. I don't think is that's, that's very hard to do. And you're doing it at the shelf, um, which is exciting so that it's like a right there on the spot. Oh, I use this gingery miso sauce with the salmon. So Tiffin, for you, what else? I mean, that's how we're using it. You know, we have a very particular type of product in a weird little emerging category. Um, how are you seeing other brands? And you don't need to name the brands, but what are you seeing that's particularly cool? Or are there things that people are doing with this little thing that you didn't necessarily anticipate? Yeah, tons. But really quick, I, I want to talk two things about your guys' program. One, it's super cool because you guys will actually, as we get better, right? And you guys are actually, Maddie and Bridget are pulling me along to be like, Tiffin, we need this, um, which is cool, super grateful, is we'll actually be able to tell you what retailer that person came from, right? So we'll be, you'll be able to actually drill into the legitimate specifics of, okay, they scanned at this cool, I like to call it like the Kool-Aid hanger, you know, like that's how mm -hmm. I envision it. It's like, wow, I've seen that before with Kool-Aid. Is they scan the QR code, they come into the flow, boom, they convert it at this retailer, right? So now in a future state, whenever you guys are like, Tiffin, we just launched in a brand new retailer that is right next to this one. It's like, okay, now we can, have, now you guys have the opportunity to re-engage with that shopper. It's like, hey, thanks so much. By the way, we just launched in Morton Williams or I'm in the city right now, right? Like right. So a nearby retailer. So Boom, I, I wanted to chat about that. So and that's it, really interesting. Okay, so I want to, we'll get back to that, but you can retarget. Oh, you guys, and that's that's the crazy thing, right? Where we're at right now is I have so much functionality waiting for you guys that it's just a matter of, it's literally a matter of time, right? Yeah. I'm trying to get caught up right now, but we have so much functionality, whether we talk about the zip code stuff, which we'll yeah. tease out. Um right. 
tons, tons of different things. But one thing I really wanted to say on your guys' product is, so I learned last last week, right, about, and I'm quite the healthy person, whatever, virtue signaling, is that most dressings, and this blew my mind, most dressings and condiments, even the ones that I thought were healthy, have expressed sunflower oils or all these oils, which we're, this is not the podcast or the time or place, but you have the <laughs> extraction process of how these nut seeds and like all these things are processed and then the second ingredient in most condiments um it's sugar yeah it's crazy mm-hmm. it's like you got you got neuterized if we want to call it that oils right because they knew like uh, sorry and then no, on the other ahead. side it's like you got neuterized oils and you got sugar or high fructose corn syrup in some crazy instances um so just huge out to you guys because i just recently um Notice that, and I was like, "Wow, okay, yeah, miso ginger going straight on my salads every day." Um, <laughs> well, thank you for one. that. It's funny. I mean, we don't like to your point. We don't lead with that. We lead with this yeah. makes making a meal easy. Yep, that's and we get that's and we get mission. a little slack for it. We get yeah. a little. We do. You know, we get people being like, "Well, why don't you?" But at the same, you know, who? I think it's hard. I think for. Um, for us to come out and be like, we're the healthiest alternative and we're better than, because who, who are we to say that we are better than, you know, for you than, you know, I mean, whatever you want to buy. But we, we can, choose not but to. We <laughs> well, because we have other things that I think we've decided are more important to say. Um, yeah. So thank you for that. But now go back to, yeah. you know, I mean, before you go into how other brands are using it in cool ways, I want to go back to the problem, the who. Mm -hmm. So what we're learning about the who is what else is in their cart, essentially, right? Where they're shopping. Yeah, ready? Now let's peel peel that metaphorical onion back one more layer, which is the actual contact information of that in-store shopper. Yeah, right? that because is major. <laughs> that, that is, that's the golden ticket. Right? I forgot it's, about that in my notes. I literally have like two pages of notes, but I forgot, like we actually have this person's digits. Like that's major. We've never had, a, we've never had a wholesale customer's digits. Right, because it's, it's all based on, and that's the same thing at Super Coffee, right? Like quick, quick tangent, I tried to hack this because I was so tired of, Jimmy saying the whole thing, Tiffin, how do we take all of your ad spend and drive it in store, right? How do we start to triangulate this offline shopper and this online digital user? And it was like the super, let's non-compliantly, it's luckily off all bottles now. So it's like, if I dodge that DCPA nightmare, Mm -hmm. but it's, it was something that said text my coffee to 29071. Right. And my whole whiz kid, 23 year old, having no right. idea what I was doing. It's like, oh, that can be a way to triangulate. If someone converts from that opt-in, we know that they grabbed it in store. Right. Long story short, it didn't work because I'm not allowed to do that. Right. Yeah. That's totally no bueno, not good. Don't do it. Absolutely not. That was fictitious uh, for the, <laughs> for the, for the narrative saying people don't go from, in-store to online. I think sell them, right? Because we've had brands that test driving to Amazon offer as their repeat purchase or driving to Shopify and it doesn't work, right? right? It doesn't work because people get caught up in the hype of, hey, try 30% off maple pumpkin super coffee. Boom, they try it. 
But now they're like, oh, wait, now I'm expected to pay full price where I can get it for $2.99 on my right. local bodega. And in our uh, case, we don't want them to, right? There is financially a much different value prop for us to have yes. someone buy us in store than online. A, we get the velocity, but B, we just make a better margin. Make a better margin. And at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know Haven's Kitchen's thoughts, right? But it's super coffee. Or like, let's use essential water. Essential water didn't get acquired by whoever they got acquired for because they have Everyone a really cool website. Right. Yeah, and Patrick Mahomes is their athlete. It's like, right. no, they got it because they sold a ton of water. Um, but that was all, all aside to say, um, yes, we have the problem of who, right? We have the problem and the solution to what, right? And that's one thing everyone's asking for is tipping. Can we get basket analysis? And let me, let me preface this for all of our customers currently listening and future customers. Don't expect that until Q2 of next year, simply because milk is spelled 20 different ways on 20 different receipts, <laughs> right? And yeah. it's like, our, our, I, I have a vested interest. I have a piece of my heart in every single brand, and I'm not going to tell anyone the wrong news. It's right. like, we could ship something out, and it would be, from, from you guys, be like, oh, this is so sick. And then from us, it'd be like, oh, God, is this right? And I would imagine, I mean, there's going to be some AI to like figure out how every different store codes every different thing, right? And but and then in terms of that number, because this is something that I think Maddie is pressuring you about, you, you're the number that we're getting that we're engaging with this person with is not then easing itself into our SMS flow. It's a separate flow. The goal ultimately would be to create a flow in our SMS, which is like, hey, you did this. We'd love to do X, Y, Z for you, but they become a part of our regular SMS group. Yep. Yep, exactly. Right. There's there's short-term hacky solutions and hacky meaning that you as the brand operator have to do way more work to get that user over. Right. Um, but in a, in a future state, it's all going to be one, right? So whether you're buying in store or online, you still have this flexibility and, and kind of, uh, you don't have to travel between two numbers because that's the bane of my existence, right? If you're like, Kevin, what really bothers you about, about your platform, your program right now? It's not our number. Yeah, exactly. It, like, exactly. Cause then people trace it back then they find it's aisle. Then I'm like, it defeats the whole purpose. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's the biggest thing. But in the interim, I'm trying to cool ship really cool stuff. So it's like, hey, look, at least if it's not the same number, you know your total basket spend. And you guys are actually a category driver, meaning that people are spending more when they buy Haven Kitchen right. versus when they don't. Right? Yeah, hundred percent. And then we yeah. talk about that. I mean, I think going back to Courtney a few minutes ago, talking about you know our discussion about shopper marketing. You know, just very rudimentarily, um, and I again, I think I say this probably almost every episode, but, you know, I had a conversation with someone a few weeks ago, and they were launching in a major retailer, about 150 stores, you know, not crazy huge, but a real one. And, um, you know, I was like, what's the plan? And they're like, "Mm, we're just going on to the next one. And I was like... So basically, you have all these doors that are like cracked open a little bit, but none of them are busted open wide. And the way that you bust open a door wide is 
with velocity. And the way that you get that velocity is exactly with this like stuff that we're talking about. What people don't seem to get is that it costs a lot to open that door in the first place. And every time you get a repeat sale, you're lowering the cost of acquiring that customer. It's the same whether you're getting a sale online or a sale in store. You are buying the first sale almost all the time, right? I mean, again, there's organic, obviously, but like assuming that you have spent any money to get into a store, you might as well extract all of the juice out of that lemon you can. And that's why this velocity thing is so important. And I think especially for digitally native brands who are kind of entering the world of retail, it can feel like it's, you know, every LinkedIn post you see is like, doors doors new doors it's new doors is not new doors is like i'm spending a lot of money i wish it would be like velocity 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 but you know we're all nervous to post it it's it's so it's crazy that and i totally agree and the the brothers harp on that all day long too Mm -hmm. but but on that it's these are the super coffee brothers oh yes sorry for for the for the people out there the brothers i want to just clarify yeah it's it's so funny right because we are in the same position right we're just as the emerging brands are getting brand new placement open doors it is we have that same thing where we are, are lucky to have a good handful of brand partners and it's like with each new product feature that we ship, that means more maintenance for that product feature. And then that means I have to go to Courtney and the team and explain it. And anyone and anyone who is listening to this knows I'm a terrible explainer. It takes me an hour long conversation to extract my thought. Um, so yeah, I resonate with that now talking about velocities, right? And to give benchmark, everyone listening, paper coupon, it's one and done. Right, these cashback apps, these rebet programs, it is one and done. You're gonna have to continue to tap that well. And we and we talk about how do we reengage with them, right? Is that that's the core problem? And for us and for all of the brands, it's just shoot them a text and say, hey, if you love it, feel free to stock up. And you guys can, and again, based on margin and based on retail or or what products, you can have a totally different offer set based on if you're like, all right, Tiffin, we gotta pump. chimichurri at this brand new retailer that we issue because we have to show it is our number one skew again totally fictitious i'm just making up a scenario but it is uh, i think um shopper marketing has been totally unsexy and it is the (laughs) it is the dustiest thing ever and it's ironic that our team love it yeah it's like we like we're we just we love it we love the unsexiest thing Tiffin said to me last week, we're one of the most (laughs) underestimated products and groups of people he's met in this industry, which I think is like the best compliment I've ever heard. But I think shopper marketing is like right in that underestimated role. Like, you know, it's, it's so unsexy that it's sexy. I think also to chime in on that, Everybody knows shopper marketing is my least favorite pillar because of the grittiness. It 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 does grow on me. It's it's it. There's a grittiness to it that I think brings out a side in me that I have spent a lot of years in therapy trying to like (laughs) (laughs) work through, and it just brings out like angry corny in a way that like I it makes me it, it challenges me in a lot of ways. Anyway. I think also a lot of people, I, I, I talk to 
dozens of brands. And every time we talk about shopper marketing, they're like, what do you consider shopper marketing? Right. What do you consider a shopper mm-hmm. marketing? Right. And it's like, for us, it's everything, anything that is like a paid partnership with the retailer to, you know, boots on the ground and my field merchandisers having a contest to see how many, who can get the most acrylic, uh, acrylic shells or secondary placements, clip strips out in, in the field. Um, it's like everything in between. Mm-hmm. And not everybody views that, views it right. that way. Some companies will have field marketing under sales. And, you know, it's just like everybody is different. Um, but there, I think the more time I, I spend in shopper marketing and I make it our own, the more I enjoy it. Yeah, and I think we have a product that lends itself to this stuff because we are making other products better. To mm-hmm. Tiffin's point, we get to play around with, you know, sweet potatoes and mushrooms and salmon. Yeah. Um, so you were talking about velocity before we got all sexified mm-hmm. with shopper marketing. <laughs> Do you remember your thought? You know, no, no, that's a classic. Like, that's why I prefer Slack communication because I'm there rewriting my message five times before I send it. It's like, I think this makes sense. Uh, but I think now getting myself back on thought right is yeah. you ask about other other brands and applications yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and it's cool so you guys are honestly the acrylic is a trailblazer right um is a trailblazer in terms of the irl world right like we have brands using it at the demo table we have some some brands using it as a shelf talker but i think the coolest application i mean has got to be the kool-aid pouch um, and now on the other side, right, where like the real power of this, like the real magnitude of this thing comes into play is when brands deploy it with influencers, right? So it's like, hey, guys, what's up? Oh, you guys don't even know about Chris Tiffin's Supercar. That's a classic. It's like, hey, guys, what's up? You know, I'm just trying out my Haven's Kitchen's chimichurri. Click the link down below to get one for free, right? So now, boom, that influencer becomes instantly, you know, how many signups they had, you know, the quality of the conversion right? Did they actually convert, right? It is how many times did they refer a friend? Did they repeat all of that? Um, and then the other big one, right, is, and we're just talking about on the topic of velocity, is paid social. So a lot of- yeah, Talk our, about paid social, because we have, you know, we feel the, we feel, you know, the opposite feelings to paid social as we do to shopper marketing. Yes. <laughs> you know what and I mean? It's, and interestingly, because let's, um, I'm by no means a therapist, but think about that, right? Because shopper marketing, there's no instant gratification. It takes six to nine weeks. It's not even like really. Probably why I hate it. Yeah. Yeah. You can't feel it, right? It's like, you can't, you can't go into a dashboard of shoppermarketing.com and be like, oh, sick. We moved 62 units yesterday. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, I hope this is working. Yeah. Literally, like, literally, Allie today, she was like, so about those acrylic shells, I was like, Allie, give me six weeks. <laughs> like, I can't even. Exactly. <laughs> Got it. Okay, six weeks. Mm-hmm. Exactly, right? And that is so messed up because it's like, I'm a Gen Z millennial, millennial, right? It's like the JG Wentworth, I want, it's my money and I want it now. It's, that's why paid socialize, like, paid social, you see happen right away, right? Mm-hmm. It's instant gratifying. So when they go to D to C, not when they go, right? When you're talking about direct. Yeah. Until okay. now, right? Yeah. Until Ooh. until now, where uh, some brands will run a top of the funnel, totally cold traffic that says, text us for a free unit, a free can, a free anything, right? 
A user enters their phone number, and now they get a text message that says, welcome to Tiffin's Tomatoes in-store redemption program. They, that user then goes through the process, right? They get the, because maybe they forget, and then they get a reminder two days later. It's like, hey, don't forget to take a picture of Tiffin's Tomatoes. Here it is on shelf, right? So Trademark that. that. Yeah. Oh, and clicks the bricks. You heard it here. Clicks the bricks. Trademarking eventually. Do you want me to uh, name the podcast "Building Clicks with Bricks"? <laughs> building <laughs> Building Clicks and Bricks. I was going to call it "Building a Better Coupon." Do you like that name? I, I typically, I actually hate the c word. Okay. Um, so what do you? What, we'll talk about what you want me to call it. <laughs> I, I hate the c word because, and going back to this whole. The notion of value, like the biggest value out here is you can re-engage with that shopper. But right. the coupon, it's like, oh, I'm just getting a coupon. It's like, no, when you sign up for Tiffin's Tomatoes, you're getting access to brand new products and retail. You're getting cash back. At, you get 10% off forever because you're part of it, right? You get merch. So all of that to say, going back to my quick before that is Brandy's paid social because now they can deploy an ad in Southeast Florida, and now they check in their dashboard five days later and they move 2,000 units in public sprouts and fresh market, right? So it's cool because no long gone are the days of store late locator ads are, hey, we just launched in Target. I'm like, hey, you just spent way too much money on something that you'll never get back, mm-hmm. right? Um, so yeah, paid social store uh, locator ads. Yeah, store locator yeah, ads. Uh, I remember those. Yeah. Yeah, cringe. Uh, those make my skin boil. But yeah, that is. I'd say that those are the two major things, and of course, in the in the email flows. If you right. don't convert online, hey, try some store. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No. And I mean, what's interesting too is what I didn't realize until. You know, because I said to Maddie last week, you know, there are a bunch of investors or potential investors. They don't want me sending them expensive samples. Can I send them my own little special alley code for when they buy it? They can get cash back. You know, it's kind of cool to show them what they're doing. It's uh, most of them probably won't redeem it because they want to support the business, but you know, some will. Um, So you can make a different code depending on the campaign. So that makes everything totally trackable too. So arguably Courtney could do an email, an influencer and a paid social all with different codes. We could target the same store, literally almost, or same region, and then see which one is the most effective. Yeah, and right, and then, yes, and, right? So Uh let's let's define effective because there's a couple things um there right is one it's the the true conversion rate right okay if we had a thousand people click the link from an email how many converted all those things right which we have but now let's get to some serious value add stuff that you guys can put in buyer meetings and retailer decks and all that is lifetime value right so let's you can see lifetime value by channel so let's say a shopper who comes in from paid social versus a shopper who's been lurking on your email program you now see, okay, from these two shoppers, this is their lifetime value. This is the skew they came in on. So now you're understanding of lifetime value of skew. Now the listeners like, how do you get that information, right? So yep. we strongly recommend that all brands, 30 days after their initial offer, it's like, hey, it's Allie from Haven's Kitchen. How many times have you purchased us since getting your one pack free, one pouch free, right? Yep. And 
pretty cool uh, 40% response rate across the board. Yeah, right? that That's is awesome. pretty cool. Because it's easy, right? Again, it goes back to this whole friction. As long as you make it easier for the user, they will give you everything you need, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah. And I think that goes back, Courtney, you know, for years, you know, I heard I was listening to a podcast with a guest who's coming on in a few weeks, who's going to be a big, exciting surprise for listeners. Um, but he was saying basically that in CPG, and he ran a massive beverage company that sold to a company that rhymes with Schmoka Rolla, um, <laughs> that just... <laughs> that just perhaps discontinued it, but he's starting a new thing. Anyway, he's coming on soon. Who's <laughs> No guesses. Um, but someone was saying, asking him about marketing, and he was basically like, even at like $20 million in sales in beverage and in food CPG, the marketing role, that like that head marketing role for, has an average tenure of 18 months and is generally associated with a big budget to come in and spend on out-of-home awareness. But even at that size, awareness is less important. Like, it, if you don't have the ACV or if you don't have the store count for those who don't like acronyms, you know, you can make people aware, but if they can't get it quickly and easily. And one of the things that Courtney was always saying is like, I don't know how to attribute a lot of this stuff. Like we, yeah. as a, as an in-store brand, it's very hard to know at the time that they're purchasing in that store, yeah. why did you buy us? Where did you come from? How did you hear about us? And that's the big black box that we've all been trying to figure out yeah. how to solve, which is what you're doing. And to that, even let's say another one that rhymes with net, net C. Right. Yeah. It's like they like a couple of years ago they, they launched some survey or some like internal like white label, whatever, like white paper, where they just assumed that one in four people who saw a Nepsi ad converted in store, right? That is an assumption from the biggest right. food, like big that is big food can't even tell you that answer. Right. And like the credit card companies, they can't tell you that answer because they have no idea. Like they only see that Tiffin spent $72 at Whole Foods buying two things, right? right. They don't get that understanding. Um, but yeah, it's crazy. And hopefully we're going to make a sure we can make a shirt together. Where it's like, let's make shopper marketing sexy. Um, because I mean, done. Yeah. That's it. amazing. I don't, yeah. I don't know who's going to buy it, but you know, we have a lot of things that like I fantasize about making an Expo West booth. Like I, everyone has heard me. I want to make a CPG musical. I think it would be amazing. No, I've actually like I really do think it would be she really. She has fun. a couple. She's written a couple of songs. I've written about a couple it. of songs. I know the song, like the like last song before the intermission, and then I know the chorus at the end. Like I, I have I have the main character, but it's not me, FYI. Um, I also would like to make a CPG board game, like move three steps forward. Oh, yay, you opened Kroger. Move 10 steps forward. Oh, no. You your free company. Oh, yeah, discontinued. <laughs> like, reset, and you're not on it. Like, go back 130 spaces. <laughs> but all of these things, I think, would be really fun to sell at Expo West. Like, just have a booth yeah. for the CD of the soundtrack or the, or the board game or 
now the new idea is just a single t-shirt that says make shopper marketing sexy again or I I love shopper mark like kiss me I love shopper mar- like we have to think of what the what the word's going to be but that's I think it's worth a $15,000 booth I don't know I, I say we go for a corner booth double yeah double a lot yeah we can just not have sauce that year and just do the t-shirt forget about it so we're not selling sauce anymore we are dedicated about the t-shirt yeah. we're doing this this is our new business venture against humanity exactly oh yeah no there's a lot when i when i eventually sell this to uh schmanormic um <laughs> okay tiffin before we go I think we got through everything. I really, yeah. I feel like we got through everything, but is there anything I didn't ask about that you want to tell, you know, people who are listening to this, although I have no idea, maybe we'll make a QR code for that. But for the most part, you'd have to be working in an emerging brand unless, I don't know why you would find this interesting otherwise, but um, what do you want them to know? What do you, what do you want them to know that, you learned either working at a brand or that you've learned working with a bunch of new brands. What do you want us to know? Yeah. But I think the biggest thing, and you don't, there's, there's tons of service providers out there that are in a similar category to us. Right. And I think what I want to shy people away from, please give up the paper coupons. Like (laughs) I I mean, like install, like there's a use for them upon different applications and different vendors, but I think they are truly a waste of money. Right. And that's why these investors will ask me like, Tiffin, why don't you pre-qualify brands by only working with a certain size, right? Of like, go after, go stay going after enterprise and stay there and do that. And to that, I'm like, not really, right? Because everyone starts somewhere, but at the same time, it's like the earlier we can get brands moved over from traditional paper coupons as their number one sexy shopper marketing tool, like it, it, even if they don't use us, it's like there's better off, there's better alternatives. You know. What do you, sorry to interrupt. So, what do you say to like um, to brands and field marketers and sales teams that love IRCs because it the in store buyers love it because the, the store buyers love it. Even if even if the redemption rate is super low, I hear all the time where it's like, no, my buyer they get excited when I send them, you know, five hundred coupons. Like, what do you say to that? What I say to that is, give us a few more months, right? Um, give give us a few more months because to exactly your point, there's a, there's a comfort and not to get there's a comfort. And uh, there's a comfort attached, uh, like attached to coupons, right? People know it's going to work. People know it's going to have a certain they functional. Think they know it works. Exactly, <laughs> right? Like there's a there's a perception of trust and element around around coupons, and that's why your that's why all the buyers are like, oh, please run this coupon program or on our on our retail app or anything like that. And we're kind of the newcomers to town, right? Where it's like we still see text messages come in, or it's like, can you just send us a coupon? I'm like, no. I'm like, no, we will not. It's like, we are literally like, so uh, let me answer your question, right? What do you say? Give us a few more months for us to gain a little bit more popularity in like the buyer community, right? So then they, then they get to experience it in real life, right? Like say your Whole Foods buyer who experiences the Kool-Aid patch. And I'm sorry, that just literally stuck to my, it's like, I'm, I'm for it, right? It's like, once they experience, it's like, whoa, it's like, can you put this in all of our other stores? Cause it was so much easier and cooler 
And that's why brands are like, do you only do Venmo? And I'm like, no, that's just people want to leave with Venmo because it's the cool thing to do. Right. You know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll say like, I, I get so much positive feedback in the field. Like my field reps, I get emails from them that the store level buyers, like when they show them how right. it works, they really love it. And I've gotten, I, and I think I even messaged you the other day, like right. I've had store level buyers be like, oh, I love that they, you send out reminders if they forget to redeem it. And then we had that discussion where it was like, wait, why are you sending out so many reminders? And I was like, send, send them out. People like them. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm, I'm getting really great feedback in the field, but I think that there is, you're, I can see you having a lot of resistance from the old school part of the business, which is still the majority of the business. Listen, mm -hmm. it's like, we're all in this together. The brands, you know, those buyers and the people, the boots on the ground in grocery stores have never had it harder. Yep. They have seen a massive sea change. They've been literally frontline workers for the last two years. Their whole job was like making sure that people had like toilet paper and hand sanitizer. Yep. It's not getting easier with the way that prices are going. They're getting like basically the bleep kicked out of them mm -hmm. all the time. And the last thing they want is some punky gen, whatever you are, yep. telling yep. them that there's a better way to do it. Yep. Um, so we have to just like, we always do, you can't move a ship quickly. You got to just like nudge it a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. And that's kind of what I think emerging brands are doing with major retailers. And that's why I started this podcast. <laughs> and that is the end of the show. Um, last licks, anything you want to say, Court? I just think Tiffin, you're doing, I think it's, it's such a, it's such a cool technology, a really great platform. I'm really excited to see what you come up with and how your company evolves within the next 18 months. I think, I think you know you have a bit of an uphill battle, but I also feel like you know that you're onto something really fucking cool. You have a nugget. I appreciate it. I and your energy it. is just like unmatched. It's really wonderful working with you. And like, I can have like, I could be having like a crappy day and I'm like messaging with Tiffany. I'm like, fuck yeah, Tiffany's like, on this game. All right. Well, Court, thank you for co-hosting this with me. It was really, really helpful having your perspective. Thanks for having me. Tiffany, obviously super fun having you on. We knew that it would be, but I think this is going to be really helpful for a lot of brands and, you know, keep on keeping on. Um, Armin, as always, thank you so much for engineering today's show, blips and all. And everyone listening, thank you so much, as always, um, for listening, for telling people to listen. I'm glad this is helpful. It is not easy. Um, so anything I can do to be helpful, I get a lot of DMs. I try to answer all of them. Um, we all have to take care of each other in this industry because, I mean... <sighs> God bless you. God bless you. <laughs> We're in it um, together. We're changing the face of food together. Amen. Um, and I'll be back next week with another episode of In the Sauce. In the Sauce is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe. <laughs>